At some point on a TV documentary, an internet video, or even a school textbook, you've probably seen animations or still images of the Earth's surface changing over time, from one massive continent hundreds of millions of years ago to the surface we know today. Dr Tristan Sal and his team from the University of Sydney, working with French scientists from Institut des Sciences de la Terre, have now, for the first time, modelled and produced high-resolution representations of the way millions of years of sediment flows from land into the ocean took place and how the features of today's land masses were created. Welcome to Cosmos Insights. I'm Matthew Agis, and this is Dr Tristan Saller. Dr Sal, thanks for your time. And first up, why go back and model millions of years of geological change? Yeah, so so the idea behind the, the project basically uh, uh, came uh, came up, I guess, uh, three years ago. Uh, we we basically the Earth's surface for is a kind of the living skin of our planet. Uh, it's it's uh, it's at the, the boundary between uh, uh, biological, chemical, uh, and geological uh, uh, systems, uh, and it's it's evolving uh, really rapidly. Uh, but also it provides a framework uh, for uh, understanding uh, the evolution of the carbon cycle, for example, or to understand basically the effect of, uh, of, uh, of landscape and surface on the evolution of uh, life, biodiversity, but also ecosystems. So um, the idea of uh, being able to uh, simulate the evolution of the surface over uh, Hundred of million years, uh, you know, as as some really uh, important consequence for understanding these different aspects of of the Earth system, and that's where the, the the main idea is. How does your modelling inform our understanding of, say, changing climate on a geological timescale? Yeah, so so if we think about uh, about how the, the surface is is evolving. Um, um, there is uh, uh, basically we've got some uh, change in rainfall or uh, precipitation, and this is going to have some impact on the amount of water which is going to flow from one you know on one side of the continent to, or, or another, and uh, and this this uh, these rivers as they move they will carry sediments but they will also carry nutrients uh, they will help in the weathering of rocks. And all these things basically are going to uh, have some impact on, on the biodiversity, but also uh, on the climate. So there is feedback, uh, retro feedback loops that exist. And this, this feedback, uh, of course, for us humans, it might sound, uh, uh, you know, uh, something that is taking too much time. But basically, over millions of years, uh, this, this feedback, you know, will be important and will help to uh, change basically the for example, the amount of CO2 that we'll get in, in the atmosphere, and, uh, and, and this will have some impact on, on the climate. Uh, so, 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 yeah, so, so there, is, uh, there, there is this aspect that is important. I guess the other aspect is that uh, uh, as you carry nutrients uh, to uh, the ocean, uh, you know, you will change uh, some of the uh, chemical composition of the ocean as well, and this is going to also have some uh, uh, so some impact on the climate. So so all these different things, uh, uh, you know, makes the, the the surface of the earth and how the landscape is changing. Uh, 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 key features 
in the evolution of, uh, of our planet. Climate is obviously a very hot topic today and your work, as we've said, looks at the changing of the Earth's climate over millions of years. Is it possible that your model could be run forward to perhaps understand what changes in the climate would look like without human industrial processes? Yeah. So first, I guess the idea is when we, we start to, to, uh, to simulate these 100 million years of evolution, uh, we, we first started by uh, constraining and parameterizing the model based on present-day condition, because present-day condition is uh, what we know. Uh, you know, if we can go in any uh, rivers uh, on Earth pretty much and, and get a sense of how much water is flowing through the rivers, and how much sediment is carried by this uh, by this river? So we use we use this information and also information from the fossil record, but we use that to parameterize the model. Uh, after the, the way the model is working is uh, really uh, uh, quite a, a simple representation of what nature is actually uh, uh, on, of how nature is actually working. Uh, and so the kind of models that we do here. Uh, I think the, the, the underlying uh, physics that is put in the model is something that is going to be valid if we look at really long period of time, uh, like several millions of years. Uh, and as such, I'm not sure how useful you know it can be uh, for us, uh, you know, in our in our in our view of you know, what is the implication in like uh, 200 years, 400 years, or 500 years. But uh, um, even if we are not able to do that uh, uh, and do this kind of, you know, uh, useful, I guess, product, uh, prediction, uh, what we can do is by looking uh, into the past, uh, understand, uh, uh, we can understand basically how the long-term change uh, uh, induced by these surface processes uh, has, uh, uh, has made on the landscape, but also uh, what are the feedback with the climate potentially. And, uh, and also understanding, for example, to understand the biodiversity or the evolution of life. Um, you know, up to now, most of the uh, models, they rely on, uh, uh, let's say, snapshot of, uh, of, the, of the geography of, the, of, the, you know, of, of, the, of Earth over, over millions of hundreds of millions of years. But uh, they don't account for uh, the evolution of this surface. And we know that uh, life is, is going to be really uh, uh, influenced by how the landscape is changing. Uh, and so being able to uh, simulate these changes uh, will give us some ideas about, could give us some ideas about potentially how uh, life has evolved on Earth and how you know, it has, it, it has uh, uh, we, we had some specific corridors, specific species that managed to diversify and others uh, who, who didn't. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's a kind of. So we can learn a lot by uh, looking at what what basically uh, happened in the past to understand what could happen in the future. I guess. So, so what I guess then are the new applications that you would see the next step in the research that you've completed here? Yeah. So, so first, uh, uh, our idea is to uh, go beyond uh, this hundred million years of evolution. Uh, we know that uh, uh, you know there was. A, uh, for, for, we know that the apparition of life basically started uh, during the, the, the on, at least uh, on, on the continents 
uh, started uh, during the Phanerozoic, so about like uh, 500 million years ago. Uh, so we want to be able to uh, go back as far as uh, 500 million years ago and do and do something forward. So we will be able to uh, look at uh, diversity uh, of species on continent. Uh, so that's one aspect also. Uh, that's the first aspect. Another aspect of what we are trying to do now is to try to better characterize uh, from uh, this type of models the amount of sediment uh, which is stored inland versus the amount that is uh, going to be uh, delivered to the ocean. And this will give us uh, some ideas about uh, the nutrient cycles uh, and also about uh, the potential weathering effect uh, of, this, of this material that is stored. Uh, and so it gives us, it will give us some idea about, you know, CO2 sequestration and basically uh, maybe a better understanding of this, of this, uh, of the CO2 cycle. So that's, that's one of the two uh, key components that we are going to look uh, into in the future. And of course, this is a collaboration between your team and one based in France. How does one coordinate two teams on opposite sides of the globe conducting this research? I should say that you're French as well, so that should probably help matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I am. So maybe, so maybe, it, maybe it helps. Uh, yeah, no, no. So there, there was, there is a, a, a long history of collaboration between uh, some of the members of the group uh, uh, in France and uh, and uh, the group here at, in, the, in the School of Geoscience at the, at the University of Sydney. So, so yeah, we. We, we've been uh, working together on other projects uh, over the, over the years, uh, and, uh, and and so in terms of collaboration, I guess it's a, a, a late Zoom meeting for me, early Zoom meeting for them, <laughs> uh, and then after you know most of the m- most of the work we do is uh, open source and uh, and it's available online, so. Uh, you know, it's easy to access the data uh, as we go. It's easy to uh, use the tools uh, that we develop, uh, and so uh, yeah, because there, are, there is not that much restriction in terms of how we use the models and uh, and who can use the models, uh, uh, it makes it much easier for collaboration. I think at some point every school student is shown simulations of the continents changing over millions of years. Are yours now the most accurate that we've seen? So, so, so basically, the, the way the model works is uh, we use the state-of-the-art uh, plate reconstruction, uh, so these continents which are, which are moving, which are associated also with a global circulation, paleo-circulation, uh, uh, paleoclimate models, uh, so we, we use that as our forcing condition for our models. So what we get out of it is basically uh, uh, these uh, nice uh, videos or animations that we see of the continents moving. Uh, now, uh, with our results, basically you can look on the continents at uh, rivers, uh, places where sediments are eroded or deposited. So we add, I guess, a bit more information uh, on how the processes at the surface were working uh, during this during this hundred of millions of years. So it's it's I guess a, an, an addition to uh, to to what was done before, uh, uh, and that's uh, yeah that's that's what we we bring here I guess on the table. Dr. Sal, thanks for joining us. Thank you. You can read more about Dr. Sal's new research on our website, cosmosmagazine.com. 
This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's premier print science magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, its sister e-publication. Cosmos.